This is the Amazing Start to Year podcast. I'm Billy Harner. My name is Keith Rat, and today we have special guest Gretchen O'Coin, who, for the first time in the Mets minor leagues, will be an on-field dressed coach as a female. So, uh, Billy, it's a very pioneering, break the glass ceiling, knock down barriers time for women in sports. We talk about Rachel Balkovic lately. She's the now manager of the Lowe Tampa Tarpons, and the Mets have now hired their own Gretchen O'Coin, who's got a great background. Yeah, Rachel got the headlines a few weeks ago uh, when they named her the first female manager in uh, the minor leagues. But there's about 10 or 11 other females that are taking significant on-field, in-uniform, in-dugout roles. Uh, Gretchen tells a little bit of her story, getting us from Italy to New Zealand to Auburn to Alabama to everywhere in between. Um, she's someone who's definitely paid her dues in, in the sports world and uh, will be blazing her own trail here in the Mets organization starting this season. Yeah, all those places and now with the New York Mets. So enjoy our conversation with Gretchen. Well, Gretchen, first of all, welcome to the New York Mets organization. I'm sure that phrase is something you didn't anticipate anyone would say. What has this been like to the, the recent announcement of your hiring and uh, the historic announcement of the list that you're on with many other women that have now broken a big barrier to jump into affiliated baseball. All right, Keith, yeah, it's been quite a ride in the probably a month and a half, two months that it's all kind of come into fruition. Um, it's still really surreal at this point to be able to say that I'm in the organization and what I'll be doing. And um, I mean, there's still a lot of onboarding stuff going on at the moment. So um, about a week out from when I actually need to be in Port St. Lucie and um I have to just snap my fingers and, you know, tell myself it's, it's really happening and it's almost here. Um, but I can't, I can't express how excited I am and I'm sure it'll all hit me as soon as I get there. Um, I stay pretty calm and cool until I get there and then it all just comes flooding in. Right. Um, but to be recognized and for it to be out there that I am amongst one of the 11 women who are trailblazing, um, it's, that's just as surreal. Um, I, I, I kind of expressed it in a interview I, I did a few weeks ago for, um, a local paper back home that it, it was never like an ambition of mine to be someone of that nature, but it's just kind of happened. And I'm more than happy to be, a, a front, a front woman, um, someone who's out there on that platform. And, um, I mean, it's not going to change how I do things because um, that's kind of what's gotten me there in the first place. But it's it's an honor to be amongst the women that are leading the way um, and then have mentors like Rachel uh, Bokovic and Folden out there um, who trailblazed it first, you know, for us. So it's quite exciting. So you talked about snapping your fingers and all of a sudden here, here it is. Uh, but that's obviously not the case. I mean, this has been going on for years and this year is sort of, uh, the year of the woman in terms of the number of, of and the volume of, of women coaches and other uh, in uniform um, team members. So how did you sort of get here? I mean, this isn't something where you decided, hey, all of a sudden, I'm just going to go ahead and coach for the Mets. Obviously, you've been doing things for years. So tell us how you sort of got from where you started to where you are now. Right. So this is a it's a bit of a wild story. And this is where like it all happened so fast for me is um I've been, I was been in New Zealand for the last three years. Um, so I played internationally and I worked there once COVID happened, I was still, 
um, planning on being an international athlete through softball, um, but kind of changed the travel plans once it hit the world. So I stayed in New Zealand and continue to work in player development uh, via softball. And it's very popular for men and women there. And baseball is was starting to grow um, and get competitive there as well. So um, to have a platform of that nature there was really, really cool. Um, but what I was longing for going into, um, about nine months in a full-time role is I was getting really, really hungry for more development professionally. Like I'm, I'm 27 and I know there's a lot more out there that I don't know. And I wanted to be in a, in a vicinity of where I could be amongst people who are incredibly like-minded and driven in a, in a sport that allows them to do that because it's, it's a full-time job, right? So I was hungry for that. And I reached out to Rachel Balkovec in her mentorship just to get me, get my foot in the door as far as building myself professionally again, just to put myself out there. I didn't anticipate baseball, but she asked the question, have I thought about it? And I said, I am not opposed. I am all for taking an alternate route to be my best professional development, basically. So um, she knew a contact, Jeremy Barnes, who was looking for someone of my nature. And um, I shot him my resume. Two weeks later, I followed up. We had a conversation. The next week, I talked to Kevin Howard. And then within a month after those two conversations, um, the job offer came through. So it was for that to, for me to pick up, change my life from New Zealand back to the States um, after talking to Rachel as well. So that, that all happened within two months. The decision, the process, the job, moving back. Um, so that's, that's where it still feels unreal. But um, as far as having a, a life and a career in sport and at a high performance level um, ever since I was little, nothing, nothing feels uncomfortable. Nothing feels different um, at this point. It's just going to, it's going to be the platform, um, and it's going to be the pace of play for the most part. Yeah. That, that's, you know, that's so interesting. You're just like, this is the least of my concerns. I now have to move my life from New Zealand to, you know, back to the States again, you know, and, um, breaking down barriers at the same time. You mentioned in that story you, you had done, um, that local story that after you spoke with the Mets, you thought, uh, you know, that, that may or may not, not work that interview process where it did work, you know, what are the, some, some of the things that discussed that you felt like, Hey, I can help out in X, Y, and Z. Right. So the biggest thing I, I knew of in the interview process was um, they're looking for someone in player development. And that was pretty much in my wheelhouse from what I've been doing the last few years, anyhow. And I like, I enjoy this. I have a passion for this and I'm, came for it. And, um, the things they're looking for at that point was someone who could throw PP, hit fungo, at least be capable of all those things, catch up. Um, and then they also wanted to hear how I talked about what I've done and what I've been doing and what my thoughts are on some of the ways I go about teaching and instructing and how I present that kind of information. And I guess for what I've said, it worked out all all right. Um, but I'm continually in a growth mindset. So I'm, I'm looking forward just to being a sponge for the first you know, few months and the entire time I'm there just to collaborate with people. Um, and so we can build something great just for the players that come in. So the level that you're going to be starting at is a very unique 
sort of beast. You know, we here in Brooklyn, we used to be the short season and a lot of first people stopped. But in the complex league, that, that really is what it is. It's a lot of guys coming from the Dominican or Venezuela or um, getting their first taste of, you know, life in America, life away from home. Uh, sort of when you talked about, you know, your, your relationship building and things like that, how do you how do you think your international um, background, being on your own in New Zealand and having sort of a, a similar path, I guess, for some of these guys here as they're coming to the states for the first time, uh, will help you connect to them? Uh, I think it definitely opens up a, a door to relate and empathize quite a bit easier. Um, I. At any part, when I've left home or left any other area, I was always going into a team because um, it was always sport related that actually got me to that country. So I I already knew I had a safety net of people that, that wanted me there for one. And I, I'm assuming that's how most of these guys will feel coming into a complex because they've gotten an invite. Um, but as far as making them feel the, as much as at home as possible is understanding cultural differences, which you know, living across a country for several years and then being able to travel around Europe has uh, opened my eyes to respect all the differences that come with people and different backgrounds. So I, I always have a curious nature when it comes to getting to know people. So um, I, that's what I'm really, really looking forward to as well. It's, it's, it's an environment where there's very different people from where I've been in the past. And I think that's anywhere I go for the most part, but, um, now I'm, I'm very open and curious to get to know a lot of these athletes and excited about it. So hopefully they see that and it allows them to open up a bit more. And of course, what's, what makes this so unique is, I mean, it's, it's 2022. We, we know everybody can do everything. Um, these players, there's a dynamic in baseball that's been there forever. When I started it and when Billy started, we walk in, there's a bunch of men that look like us and we, we fit right in for you. It'll be a little bit different when you're trying to bridge that gap between baseball and softball, man, woman, what's your philosophy on all the talk about that or, you know, bridging that gap with some of these younger players that, you know, you give them instruction and they might look at you sideways or something, you know, that the natural, I guess, thought process that they have. How do you fix that? Right. So, um, I mean, there's a way, there's always a feeling, there's, there's the thought and there's basically ways that I'll be handling myself in those situations or if I feel that's the case and I have to understand that it's, that's not a me issue. Um, that's, that's very much what's going on within that own individual and it shouldn't change the purpose that I'm there for. It's for the individual. So if they're struggling to hear what I'm saying due to how I look or how I carry myself, then I'll, I'll keep plugging the information in a different way to hopefully just connect or sink in with something that they relate to. Um, but I, I just see us all as humans. Like I'm going to talk to every person in there as, as an individual that I want to get to know. I hope they treat me with the same respect but I do, I do understand there's going to be people that may just tune out because of who I am. But like I said, I can't, I can't carry myself worrying and fixating on that. And that's, that's not how things are going to get done. So I'll keep plugging away and until people kind of realize and get to know me and build a trust um, 
and that I feel like that comes all all through relationships. So um, it'll be interesting. I don't see it as a a barrier or a blockage from keeping me to do what I I'm, I'm meant to do, but we'll see. So you mentioned Rachel Balkovic and her mentorship program. She's now the the low A Tampa Tarpons manager in the Yankees organization. What were some of your conversations with her? Because like you said, you, you know what you're talking about. You know how to get the point across. You know what you're going after. You know what you need to do to kind of get these players better. But there will be that moment or that barrier. Okay, now I have to bridge this gap. What what, what was she saying in that, in that regard? Or what did you kind of pick up or learn from her? Uh, I've learned that side more from what she has done and what she has posted um, via her socials and stuff. Because she's talked about those barriers specifically. Um, but what her and I had talked about throughout the mentorship program was basically just me, where I was at my point in that, in my life, what I wanted and the potential for me based on my background and stuff. So that was a lot of like self, basically self-awareness and diving in deep to what the possibilities are. So she, she saw something in me that, you know, gave me basically the the encouragement I needed to put myself out there all over again. Um, and, and that that's kind of what's keeping me going as well. It's like, yeah, you're right. I can do this. Like, why haven't I even thought about trailblazing like this before? Um, and stuff of that nature. Like I need, I need to be able to carry myself around like that more often than not. And, uh, at least feel and think that way a little bit more often. And, um, yeah. And now that I'm stepping into this, it's only now that I'm realizing that those, those male female barriers are going to probably come up a little more often than they have been in my last career. So uh, I'll come, you know, I'll cross that bridge once we get there, but until then I'll just stay humble and hungry and then get my hustle going. So on the field, how, how different is coaching, softball working on somebody's swing in softball versus working on somebody's swing in baseball like obviously similar sports one mound is closer than the other bigger ball all that other stuff but what are the similarities what are the differences when you're teaching someone uh and working on their their, their swing in softball versus baseball that's it uh, these are good questions i like it when we get technical um so i don't see much of a difference so a lot of what i grew up doing was following my brother. We're 10 years apart. So he played baseball and a lot of other sports growing up. And my swing was probably that more of a baseball swing growing up. I, um, it was never softball specific until I got into the game when I was actually hitting a softball and seeing the fast pitch pitch. Right. So, um, I, my philosophy wouldn't be entirely different, but my language terminology based on the athlete may have to be different. Um, so that's, that's where I, I always adjust how I say things based on the athlete and the individual. And then whatever we correct is obviously back down to the individual. I typically start from the ground up cause that's where girls are really faulty, but I, I haven't done a whole lot of male swings to understand where their typical point of, um, low hanging fruit stems from. So I mean, I'll see that whenever it comes time to to be around those individuals, but I, I don't see a huge difference in how I would teach and diagnose a baseball, softball swing, all that different. 
So we've, we've talked a lot about on, on this show um, how analytics and, and um, that whole beast has gone from just a major league thing to now, you know, as 16 and 17 year olds in high school are, are getting involved in this. So when you're experiencing in softball, how much of that is actually prevalent, you know, the, the, the uh, launch angles and all that stuff, as opposed to now when we're coming to the Mets organization, which has grown exponentially in terms of their, uh, their staff and their abilities to provide statistics and analytics. How prevalent has that been in your career prior? And how much are you sort of looking forward to or not looking forward to getting uh, your hands on much more of the stuff? This is probably my most like excited part too, is that we'll, I'll be in a place where we have resources to get all this data and have a staff of people who can translate it to coaches and coaches translate it to players and like a full team of people that are totally diving into all of this technical stuff. Um, This is the part that I'm really, really hungry to engage in and learn more about and basically help an athlete isolate where it is they need to work on and spend hours on that training mechanism. Like that's where I'm really excited about it. Prior to, I haven't had to have a whole lot of experience based on where I've been. So internationally, there's not a ton of money for softball teams to have resources or labs or force plates or, you know, any, any, uh, anything other than like a radar gun to help them get metrics on their stuff. So a lot of it's just been by the eye and it's been the bigger mechanic problems that cause um, you know, hiccups and stuff that I've, I've had to try to help other athletes with. So to be able to come into a world where I've been wanting to make that transition, cause I've tried bringing in, um, like things like a diamond kinetics and stuff into, into my field, but it, the buy-in and the practicality for those who have no experience in it to use it is really, really tough for them. So to go into a place where it's all going to be in the lab, it's always going to be tracked and we can take from whatever we need based on what we're, we're focusing on. That's, that's what I'm really excited about as well. Yeah. Some of these former players, they see like blast motion and data and they're like, boy, I just, if I only had this when I was playing, how much better I would have been. So it it really is an exciting, exciting thing. And I, I always love when players have their blast motion, which is a little device under their their handle and they just in the middle of it at bat and they go down o2 and they're like get this thing off my bat i don't want this thing around me but <laughs> it does make some wild changes for everybody it's so cool it's wild i mean i went outside last week here in the stadium in brooklyn and they we got hawkeye that, that came into this this year for the the uh analytic systems here and there there have to be 18 cameras outside on the field it's like wild it's like the super bowl like every swing you're gonna have a 360 degree angle of what everybody's doing it's where, where things have come from even 2019, 2018 to where they are today is just, it's wild. And this, the new ownership group said that this was something they were going to invest in and be a part of. And um, that has certainly been the case. I mean, there's more servers here for, <laughs> for uh, these analytic coding and whatever than there yeah. are at like some hedge funds. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's wild too, like to think that, as a player who doesn't see or feel the game in that way, or, you know, most young players won't if they're just their raw talent and they go out there and they just do them. But to be able to have all the footage 
to potentially see where it's all stemming from and how they like, are sequencing and then have an incredible organization of people that are able to break that down and translate it however that player may hear it that's that's what's wild for me too because I've had I've had like two things very separated um throughout my playing career so I'm at the point where I'm like I'm starting to see it all fit together and I'm excited for players to then get that piece of the puzzle um throughout their career sooner than I got to so that's that's really really cool too and then uh just lastly for me uh, you, you talk about living life in other countries, but you grew up in Mississippi. You're currently in Alabama. You're working for a team in the Big Apple, uh, New York. Uh, I know you'll be working in Florida, but working for the Mets, I mean, growing up, you know, how much was professional baseball, you know, around where you were? How much did you know about the Mets? And for that organization to be the one that is now, you know, taking taking you, um, how's that all working? How's that all feeling for you? Right. So, um, well, if I if I look at it, I've always been a softball athlete. I played basketball too, but um, softball is kind of where I excelled sooner than later. And even then, looking at colleges or like the Olympic team or professionally, I don't even think they had much going on when I was younger. But it was it was never something I like. I totally aspired or admired. Insanely, I actually really didn't like watching it on TV. I just I wanted to play it. But baseball, I could get behind the whole culture and environment because that that is a feel um the closest team to me growing up was the braves so that was the first team uh, i got to go see live and that was that was amazing <laughs> um i've been to a few baseball stadiums since then um throughout the country which um now i want to make it like a bucket list to go to all of them because um, the parks are probably some of my my favorite feels um but what I've really enjoyed baseball, softball, any sport is movement and just seeing athletes move efficiently and, you know, see them, see them perform their best. And to be able to do that in a sport that's so closely related to what I've grown up playing and excelling in is still just a, a dream that I never dreamt that came true. Like it's all, it's all here and happening and, um, I, I couldn't be more, more happy about the journey that's gonna, that's, that's coming and where it's all going to lead to. It's kind of, I, I say this word over and over, it's surreal. So you mentioned the journey that is ahead, but you've had quite a journey globally to this point. You know, where, where has been your favorite place that you've gone and gotten to spend some time with? And Keith is going to have a follow-up question about food. Keith's a big foodie. So where's, where's your favorite spot that you've stumbled upon? Uh, where the food has sort of surprised you. That's that's a tough one because each place is just so different and each has their own story. I lived a different lifestyle every place I went. So um, when I say every place, it was like two countries that I played in. Um, but from the United States, New Zealand, uh, which working full-time and playing um, at a high level was an interesting <laughs> way to balance life and then also take taking the time to see the country um in the summer and it's i tell you I, I i was there for three years saw most of it but would do it over and over and over again um and then italy was so much fun because i actually got to be back in a professional athlete format to where i was just there as a player and so anytime off we got to 
go and tour the entire country. And um, that again was amazing. And being in the midst of a different culture and being welcomed into it and um, getting to experience everything that is normal to them there. Um, I, yeah, I would do, I would do it all over again. Um, but I would say my favorite place for food and architecture, probably Italy. (laughs) That was hands down as far as, yeah. And then as far as like outdoor fit, like, uh, excursions and all that stuff, New Zealand, like everything is so close. You could drive a few hours and you're in snow, drive a few hours and you're, just hiking or by a beach like it's that's amazing in itself well Gretchen we really appreciate the time I know this is a very exciting moment for you uh getting down to Florida so good luck this upcoming year and thanks for jumping on the pod with us yeah absolutely thank you Billy thank you Keith <laughs>